what's this, Auntie Michelle? Oh, it's just um, wonky veg. Wonky veg. Don't worry about it. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Geordie. How are you? I'm all right. I, I do sound a bit snuffly today. I've got a little summer cold, I suppose you could call it. Yeah, I can hear it. You're sounding a little... Oh, great. But that shouldn't stop people from eavesdropping today Because hello, welcome This is the podcast that you've all been waiting for It's called Eavesdropping Where you get to eavesdrop on our conversation Today, Michelle's coming to us from the Greek Isles Greek Islands It's uh, sunny, there's a little wind The wind has picked up It's a little windy wherever you go if you ask me, Michelle (laughs) That vegan diet (laughs) All those beans The fermented things you have in the morning Oh, I love all those natto beans. I haven't had any for a while. That's the wind right there. (laughs) (laughs) I have a couple of shout outs, actually. But first, I'd just like to introduce you, Michelle, and me, Geordie. We're the eavesdropping hosts today and every day, every Wednesday, (laughs) in fact. We are a weekly podcast. It came to my attention over the weekend that people asked, How often do you do them? Every bloody week. We do them every week. We haven't stopped since November 2020. Two years almost. Well, you could tell they're not an eavesdropper if they're asking you that question. We don't get a break, do we, Michelle? We never stop talking. And you must never stop listening. (laughs) Exactly. Even on holidays, we are yapping away. Yakking even. Two birds Yak, yak, yak. Yarnin. As a result of that, I've got a couple of shout outs. My first one Mm. is for Melanie, who is between Shropshire and London. Welcome, Melanie. We are weekly. She's the one who asked. Just saying. (laughs) And then, of course, they've had shout outs before, but maybe they weren't aware that it's weekly because they may have missed their previous shout outs. Here's another one for Tim and Shayla, but mostly Shayla. Because apparently she does listen along and laugh. And actually, she asked me the other day, is it true that you really drank your husband's wee? Yes, it is, Shayla. And she was there when I told the story. So now she knows. (laughs) But Tim said he just likes the sound of our voices because it's comforting to him. So he just turns us on and then walks out of the room. I said, what about the content, (laughs) Tim? What about the content? He said, I don't care for the content. I just like the sound of your voice in the background. It makes me think that he doesn't listen to the things I actually say. Another person who doesn't actually listen. Are there too many words that I'm spilling out, Michelle? Because sometimes you don't listen to me either. I do listen to you, but I have told you time and time again, I have a memory issue. Really, like even from five minutes ago, I have a memory issue. Well, you were going on about Picnic at Hanging Rock when I was regaling (laughs) it to you last weekend. Then we watched it again and you were like, what? Who? Why have they all got bum chins? Now... The bum chin (laughs) thing, right? And I said to you... You did not say that on the podcast. I didn't... No, you said that. Yeah, but you didn't give me an answer. Because you do know now why they've all got bum chins. Well, the two characters that had bum chins, you said, she's got a bum chin and he's got a bum chin. And I said to you, I said in the podcast, I won't reveal this wonderful twist, which really grabs at the heartstrings. And then we watched it. You turned to me and said, why have they all got bum chins? And I said, just wait, Michelle, just wait, birdie, birdie. 
giving you little hints and tips. You had seen the film apparently many times before. You should have known this. No, one time before, but I loved it. But the reveal was, and I'll cut this for everybody else, that they were brother and sister and she came to him in the night. That's why she had a bum chin. and he, Like John Jarrett's got a bum chin and she's got a bum chin. They're brother and sister. I reckon you should leave that in. <laughs> but then it won't be a surprise. It's last week's news. <laughs> And it was a film from 1975. And if you haven't seen it yet, then you're too bloody late. And I've given the game away. Sorry about that. So that's my shout outs. Well, look, I wanted to just make you aware of a comment we had on one of our YouTube videos. Oh, we've got comments. I never look. So it's actually on one of the episodes from September last year. The one where we talked about what happens to our bodies when we die. Fascinating. Slightly gruesome. In fact, I think that might have been the one that turned Natty J right off us. But anyway. So this is from a user called Colin Parker. Don't know if that's his real name name or not. Okay. Because we also talked about life after death. What happens to our bodies? It wasn't just a physical thing. We also talked about spiritual stuff. And he says, there is no life after death. He sounds very authoritative like he knows exactly what he's talking about quite frankly I don't know how anyone can who has these answers I don't know if Colin Parker has these answers well let's hear what he's got to say he says near death and out-of-body experiences is just the brain going haywire and hallucinating Hmm. when it is nearly dead as there is not enough oxygen getting to the brain when it is shutting down well I think to be fair Colin I think I did say that in the episode had you listened you would have heard me say something along those lines that's a thing maybe he just likes the sound of your voice (laughs) Geordie he's walked off and he says hours later if they are not revived their soul will no longer function and go kaput now here's where I have an issue with his comment because if you don't believe in life after death, then there is no soul. So, not sure what Colin's about So, what's about the there. soul? Yeah, exactly. Life force. Yeah. I mean, what's he talking about? It's just when, it's just the brain being in control of all of our functions. Breathing, arms, legs. Oh, I don't know. I'm confused now. That's what they want you to think. But obviously, you know, for soul is the thing that an- animates the body. The flesh suit. <laughs> oh, meat suit. The meat suit. Um, <laughs> but it's also, yeah, the consciousness, the the soul, the spirit, you know, all those things that, you know, you can pinch your arm, you can see your blood, but you can't ever capture or see your soul. So unless unless you're like those people who reckon they can see auras, yeah. you know, and yeah. souls leaving. I'm doing all these wonderful gesticulations. like Kate Bush. Thanks. <laughs> But he says, again, when you see a dead person, brackets, a corpse, their soul is still there with their dead body, but it is no longer functioning. NDEs, near-death experiences, and OBEs. What's that? I don't know. What Queen gives you? Out of body. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Queen's jubilee. (laughs) Out of body experiences. It's just sort of a last gasp before the soul burns out. However, if the concept of an eternally inflating multiverse is correct. Now, this is exciting. Wow. Then sooner or later, an exact remake of your soul would be created from scratch in some future universe somewhere else in the internally inflating multiverse. Fuck yes, I love this. Yeah, me too. Cosmic inflation. Wow. They've even got a name for it, right? We should actually investigate this. I love you, Colin. 
Cosmic inflation is where our universe expanded so rapid, that's his word, rapid, for a very brief moment of time at the Big Bang. Inflation only ended in our part of space, our bubble universe, while other regions are still inflating. Once inflation starts, it never ends, producing an infinite number of bubble universes, and each bubble universe would have their own Big Bang event. The bubble theory. Do you know this? Mm, I think I do. I'm not sure. I just keep thinking of bubble tea anyway. (laughs) There are new universes being created all of the time at an ever-increasing rate, with new Big Bangs occurring forever. With an infinite number of Big Bangs, repetitions of everything are inevitable. Your exact life you have lived so far and every mm-hmm. other possible variation of your life mm-hmm. oh is being God. lived right now by other exact copies of you oh living God. on exact copies of this earth in other exact copies of our universe. I need to lie down. I know. An exact copy of you has an exact copy of your soul. I'm going to have to have some sort of nap now. That's too much. Seriously, I need a margarita. He says, <laughs> sorry. Lights out and game over when you die. And that's oh. it from Colin. After all that magnificent explanation and then kaput, zero, Boom. done. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, Colin. I really hope we've got you as a, a future eavesdropper. I'd love to have you on board, perhaps even as one of our <laughs> part-time researchers, because that's given us a lot of food for thought. Unpaid role for now until that <laughs> Patreon takes off, right? Don't worry, we'll be having mugs soon and T-shirts with Bubble Universe on it and drop it like it's hot. Anyway. And pick up your panties and pick go. Up panties and go. I don't think that should be a t-shirt. I think maybe something else. What could that be? Panties. <laughs> we'll do some panties <laughs> on the ass. <laughs> oh, my God. That's really blown me away. I know. Maybe Neil the Scientist has something to say on that. Who knows? Neil, but, uh, get in touch. Thank you, Colin. Right. Well, I don't really know how to segue out of that and into our topic for this week because it's true crime. True crime time. Crime time, in fact. <laughs> murder, murder. It's true and, and it's crime. Crime time. Crime time. So what do you got for me? Well, I decided, um, I think I set the scene this week, didn't I, Michelle? I thought... After a conversation with my friend Chris, shout out Chris if you're listening, I doubt she is, she and I were having a fantastic conversation and she enlightened me to all these things I'm about to tell you. It's a Hollywood true crime tale this week, Michelle. Theme, if you like, depending on what you've got to tell me. Well, first of all, I'm going to start somewhere and I'm going to segue off. So just bear with me. I'm going to talk about a crime that occurred or a missing person that happened in June 2020, when 37-year-old single parent Erica Lloyd took a 500-mile road trip from her home somewhere in America to the Joshua Tree National Park, 500 miles away, she told her family, yes. May I just say, that's in the middle of lockdown. Yes. How is she in her car? Because of lockdown is why she had to go. She had had enough. She's a single parent. The pressures of the pandemic became too much. So she told her family she needed to go on a camping trip. And I suppose she was solo and obviously camping off grid. So, I mean, it's a big risk really to do that. But obviously she just knew what she had to do. She needed to do it. So she dropped off her kid with her family and off she went. Well, I'm sure she thought there were no murderers out there because they were all in lockdown. 
Exactly. Well, I don't know what happened to Erica. We're going to speculate because the last her family heard from her was in a phone call, which was a few days after she left on her trip. And she sounded like she was driving while she was speaking on the phone and talking very rapidly. So that obviously stuck in the parents' mind. And her mother said it was just hard to make out what she was saying exactly. But sadly, that very same day of her speaking to her family, her car was found by California Highway Patrol abandoned and vandalised near an intersection in 29 Palms. Both the front and rear windshields were broken and police say it looked like it could have been involved in some kind of crash. But there's still stuff in her car, but no camping equipment. So that was in June. Then 2021, we're in now January 31st. Hikers discovered human remains on a desert trail in Wonder Valley. I've never heard of Wonder Valley before. I thought it was a film when Chris started telling me about it. I want to go there. This is, well, I don't know if you do, Michelle, because about <laughs> it's about 15 miles northeast of Joshua Tree, which you two had a song or an album about. That was after I stopped listening to them. Police theorised that Erica's car had been in an accident because there was also a shattered radio and the airbag had been deployed. And at the time, officials thought there was no foul play. Her campsite and gear were found still intact at a place called Jumbo Rocks Campground, which is in Joshua Tree, and it was about 10 miles from where the car was. That's quite some way away, isn't it? That's about 20 minutes. Hang on. 10 miles? A mile takes two minutes. In the car? But her car was crashed. So this is, she had to walk there unless she got a lift because I thought you said the car was found in Wonder Valley or somewhere else. The car, it was found abandoned and vandalised near an intersection in 29 Palms. And I don't know where that is, but the human remains were found 15 miles northeast of Joshua Tree. I mean, all these names, they mean nothing to me. Jumbo Rocks is a campground in Joshua Tree. Okay. That's 15 miles northeast. The car was 10 miles from... So that the campground was 10 miles from where the car... Oh, fuck's sake. I don't know. Mayday. You bloody fool. Mayday. Middle-aged misunderstanding Mayday. alert. Please backtrack. Regain composure and start again. I meant to say it. <laughs> okay. Either either way, I think she had to walk a fucking long way if she walked or she got So she wasn't up. found near the car, yeah. It's thought that she lost her bearings after setting off on a hike in Wonder mm. Valley. But also what happened to the fucking car? But. Shades of last week with those girls in Pam- Panama. Exactly. But since 2019, there's been six bodies found in that area. And that's what makes it a little creepy and a little mysterious. So before Erica... Serially. Yes. Before exactly that, Michelle, you're on the money today, I tell you. Before Erica, there was another two sets of remains found in October 2020 in the area where her car had been found. One of these sets of remains was identified as a missing cyclist, James Escalante, who had vanished in the area in late June 2020, also during lockdown, he disappeared within days of Erica. Not related, Mm. didn't know each other. They could make no connections there that I know of. Also found in the area were the remains of Paul Miller, a Canadian who went missing in like two years before in July 2018. And it's assumed that he died suddenly of a heart attack as he was found in a shaded area and still had water and food. I think... These deaths, there's six of them. Their first thought went to serial killer, but actually could it just be people getting lost on hikes and things? I don't know. But what has all this got to do with Hollywood? I don't hear you ask, but I'm sure you're thinking it. (laughs) Rumours started swirling after an Instagram account by the name of De Moi, which is spelled D-E-U-X-M-O-I, 
they shared posts claiming that a shocking story about the actor Army Hammer would be published imminently and suggested that's why his agency dropped him. Do you know who Army Hammer is? Because I didn't. No, I don't. No, no, I, no idea. He's a young, sort of youngish, I think he's in his 30s, very kind of like square-jawed, blonde, blue-eyed actor. And he's from such films as Call Me By Your Name, Death on the Nile and Social Network. And he was briefly a suspect in California's Wonder Valley death investigation. Oh, my But gosh. why? What did he do to What's cast suspicion on himself? These online rumours also claimed that Hammer had been working in a construction site on a friend's hotel project in an area near where the remains were found. Just because he was nearby, Mm. why are they still pointing fingers at poor army? Well, they say he was renovating this abandoned motel in 29 Palms over the summer with his two friends. And people were putting pieces together with Erica Lloyd going missing in June and her remains being found. Because this Hollywood poster boy is from a well-known wealthy family. And there is suspicions that he could be a serial killer. Because... It's all about Instagram as well. There's another Instagram account called The House of Effie, which was the first to accuse Army Hammer about all sorts of things, which I'm going to go into detail about in a moment. It's very confusing because there's more than one Instagram account we're talking about today. There's House of Effie. There's Dirt Moi. So Dirt Moi posted something. House of Effie then wrote this one saying, holy shit, I know what's going to come out. It's bad, really bad. Like I'm shaking and I feel like I'm going to throw up bad and I'm with my whole family. What he and his friends have done is worse than anything I have posted. Justice will be served. Now, they say that because House of Effie has posted a load of shit about Army Hammer up to this point, which I will touch on in a moment, Michelle. Honestly, I'm not joking. My head is swirling because I keep thinking, okay, A, who are these people behind the Instagram accounts? Are yeah. they even real? Is it the same person? Is it yeah. a lover scorned? Yeah. You know, like All talking shit. So yeah. I'm really curious to hear how this goes down. Well, let's keep our minds open. I got my information from the internet. <laughs> Every tabloid out there, especially the American ones. And Mm. there was a great Vanity Fair article, which I relied on heavily as well. I will tell you what I found out about married Army Hammer, who found himself in the midst of this major controversy after a woman said she had an intimate relationship with him. And on her account on Instagram, she shared gruesome details of the bizarre sexual interactions they used to have. Ew. The woman who I'm assuming is House of Effie, also shared screenshots of explicit conversations that allegedly occurred between Hammer and multiple other women via Instagram DMs. So she must have got together with these other ladies and together ganged up on Army Hammer. Did he deserve it? We don't know. And you're probably thinking, so what? You know, you still got all those dick pics on your phone, Michelle. What's the big deal? I do. I've got a secret (laughs) vault. No. (laughs) <laughs> you've got to be careful when the kids are scrolling i've got to get rid of all of those from my <laughs> oh, single day what's this auntie michelle oh it's just um wonky veg wonky veg don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> just a german sausage oh anyway these alleged conversations include talk of trigger warning rape fantasies and the desire yeah. to inflict pain on his partners one in which the actor reportedly said he was 100 percent a cannibal. Oh, Jesus. 
<laughs> he's also a lizard person. <laughs> he's everything. But this is according to him, they say. Or is it? We don't know. It's all being played out on social media, so who fucking knows? These messages were quite disturbing. Now, I've written here, one of the easier to digest ones said, and I don't know why I said that. That's not, that's not nice, Geordie. Come on. I don't know what's coming, but it's going to be grim. Well, what he said was, you just live to obey and be my slave. If I wanted to cut off one of your toes and keep it with me in my pocket, so I always had a piece of you in my possession, question mark, that's the end of that comment. Oh. So I don't really understand. No, he, he posed a question with no answer. Maybe he's saying, if I wanted to cut off one of your toes and keep it with me in my pocket. So I always had a piece of you in my possession. I mean, I don't know how you'd really intone that question. No, it's not a question. It's a statement, no. but with a... I get his gr- Honestly, I want to give him a grammar lesson. Well, you'd think with all that money, he comes from a very rich family, which I'll tell you about in a moment. Anyway, this owner of the House of Effie account said they had an affair with Hammer for four years and that... Well, I'm going to call her she because they're calling her she... She found five other women who all say they, they were also involved with the actor around the same times. She said mm. Army Hammer and her had been talking since October 16, 2016, while he was married to Elizabeth Chambers, his wife, who, by the way, filed for divorce in July 2020, citing irreconcilable differences after 10 years of marriage and two kids. Yeah, because he tried to eat her. <laughs> well... Did he try to eat his wife? We don't know. Maybe he went elsewhere for that. So these other women began to come forward with their own claims about the actor, sharing their own lurid stories and messages. He tells a lot of them, like, this is what's being reported. It's not my words, it's theirs. He tells them things like he wants to bite pieces off them and told one woman he wanted to eat her heart. Sexy? No. I mean, honestly, I keep thinking of um, that Harry Styles song, Watermelon Sugar High. I don't know that one. I was thinking more of that episode we did about the uh, eunuch makers in uh, his cabin. What was it? Bob's Weekend Wonders. The little chop chop. The chop chop house. Chop chop snack house. (laughs) (laughs) No, well, this poor Harry Styles song, it's all about the watermelon being a bit of vagina yes i didn't want to say vag but it's yes so the watermelon sugar and he's eating it well he's on a watermelon sugar high isn't he oh oh god (laughs) harry jesus (laughs) keep it to yourself mate (laughs) hammer had to leave two high profile projects a rom-com with jennifer lopez and a paramount series about the making of the godfather and then his agent dropped him Sorry, Hammer, you're out. We don't you're out. Take you're a no serial ca- cannibal killer. <laughs> Possibly killer. We don't know. So I mentioned earlier he was from a, a wealthy, well-known family. His great-grandfather and namesake was Armand Hammer. No, not the baking soda brand Armand Hammer. I was going to say. That's what I thought when, when Chris was telling me the story. She had no idea what I was talking about. She's quite young. She didn't know what Armand Hammer was. <laughs> it's baking soda. And baking soda toothpaste. And I think they do cleaning products as well. But there's not the same guy. It's just a guy called Armand Hammer, who was the son of a Russian immigrant and living in the Bronx. Now, Armand's father was Dr. Julius Hammer, who was a member of the Communist Party and embroiled in a scandal of his own in 1919 when he gave the wife of a Russian diplomat an abortion and later that woman died. And then he he was then convicted of first-degree manslaughter and sentenced to three and a half to 12 years. 
So did he do three and a half or 12? I don't know. In Sing Sing. So obviously he was an immigrant. Yeah. And right in there with all the... Uh, the rations. Terrible crims. Goodness mm. me. While Dr. Julius was in prison, his 22-year-old son, Armand Hammer... Now, yeah. um, it sounds like I'm saying almond, like you'd eat an almond, <laughs> chocolate almonds. It's not. It's Armand. Armand. A-R-M-A-N-D. Armand. 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 Hammer. Abandoned a medical career to take over his father's other business, Allied Drug. So this guy had a business in pharma, big pharma. Oh, and that's where the moolah is. That's where the moolah is. Lenin from Russia sent a message to Stalin, also from Russia, encouraging particular support for Armand, telling him this is a small path to the American business world and this path should be made use of in every way. I don't know why he suddenly had like a Melbourne taxi driver accent, but there you go. <laughs> Armand Hammer then moved to the Soviet Union in 1921 for about a decade to establish his family connections because obviously he's got support over there. And whilst there, he married a Russian singer named Olga and together they had a son named Julian, who is the actor Army Hammer's grandfather. Are you keeping up? I am, but it just reminded me of this story when I was in a taxi in Sydney, not Melbourne, but in Sydney recently, yeah. I had a Russian taxi driver. Oh. I don't remember his name, but we were talking about what's going on in the Ukraine. I said, stupidly, what do you think, you know, about everything that's going on? And he said, Putin, he is an expansionist. And we did it yeah. with, with Sweden. We crushed them like chicken. Wow. <laughs> Political insight from a Sydney taxi driver. I love it. So you're not far off the mark. I'm not sure how Russian either of us sounded. So now we're going to skip to the 1950s. Now that you have a handle on what we've got, Julius, then Armand. Originally Russian, but they are based in New York City. There's Big Pharma. Armand married the Russian lady in Russia. Then he divorced in the 1950s. And also had another second wife and he also divorced her and he moved to L.A., right? This is where we've got Armand Hammer. Got out of Sing Sing. Armand Hammer was never in Sing Sing. Keep up. That's his father, Julius. Okay, so who was the one? That did the abortion? Julius. Julius oh. is the where we're starting with the Hammer family. Julius Hammer, 1919, did an abortion in New York City and she died. So he was sent to Sing Sing. Yep. He had a son, Armand. He moved to Russia because he inherited his father's offshoot pharma business. Yep. While he was in Sing Sing, he ran it. He went over to Russia. He made connections. He married twice. He's obviously supported by the government over there. He came back to New York City. Then he moved to L.A., divorced twice by this time. He marries for a third time to a wealthy woman named Frances Barrett Tolman. She had her own money in 1956 and invested her money in the then failing business Occidental Petroleum turning it around and making it into an incredible success. Wow. But this Occidental Petroleum covered all sorts of nefarious criminal activities, such as laundering money, using artwork to fund Soviet espionage, bribing Armand's way into the oil business and counterfeiting Fabergé eggs. Oh, my God. Allegedly. <laughs> I'll say that just in case it wasn't true. But there is a biography and it says that Armand bugged his office and home, plus his cufflinks, to record decades worth of conversations. Oh he had gosh. a fixer. He was known to do business with a briefcase full of cash. And he made an illegal contribution to the Nixon re-election campaign, which, according to the New York Times, in all likelihood went to help to pay for the Watergate cover-up. Oh. This guy's 
up to his neck in it. God. And this is Army's dad. His granddad. Oh, oh my God. Right? There's I'm more losing. to come. Yeah. There's Julius, there's Armand. That's as far as we've got. Armand has also had multiple mistresses, including a lady called Martha Kaufman, a mother of two who divorced her husband after meeting Armand. Armand put Martha on Occidental's payroll as an art consultant, but Armand's wife, Frances, grew suspicious, so Armand had Martha legally changed her name to Hillary Gibson and insisted that she wear wigs, glasses and makeup to change her appearance. Oh, Jesus Christ. Going the extra mile, isn't Why it? Why wouldn't you just say, nah, I'm done. Move on, there's other women. Obviously, she had his heartstrings. He placed a homing device in her car, tapped her phone. Plus, she had to submit to his sexual demands even when they were, and I quote, extremely humiliating, unquote. Oh, oh no. Their affair lasted over a decade, with Armand promising to take care of her and her children after he died. But according to his biographer, once he did die, she learned that he had left her out of his will. <gasps> oh, what a pig. It was all very succession. Yeah, she was left high and bloody dry. Poor thing. So Armand, while he was alive, he insisted that his one and only son, he did have daughters, but his son Julian and his wife Sue and their three grandchildren make appointments to see him. And also the son Julian, who is actually Army's grandfather. So Julian, now we've got another person in the mix. Armand had a son called Julian and Julian mm-hmm. is Army's grandfather, right? He was very much overlooked by his by Armand, who favoured yes. Julian's son, who is Army's father, and his name is Michael. And he skipped Julian and left his entire business empire and his $180 million cash fortune to Michael, Army's father. Missing out on Julian. Julian only got 250000 because what? Because it seems oh. that he caused Armand too much trouble, probably from his desperate attempts to get noticed by his father. For example, in the early hours of the morning after Julian's 26th birthday, this is now we're talking about Army Hammer's grandfather, Armand Hammer's son. Julian yes. was turning 26 in 1955. He killed a man inside his Los Angeles home over a gambling debt and supposed advances on his wife. This is very nut-nut succession. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. My God. It's very succession. <gasps> the papers got hold of this story and headlines such as Millionaire's Son Kills GI got banded about. Oh. Armand had a friend deliver $50,000 in cash to a lawyer in Los Angeles, had Julian claim self-defense and the charges were dismissed. Goodbye. Money. Exactly. Talks. Money talks. Yeah. There is a sister called Casey. She had a self-published book in 2015, Surviving My Birthright. She alleges that Julian, her brother, sexually abused her when she was a child and that Julian was abusive to others in the family. Julian's son, Michael, became the big boss of the family, but moved his family, which his wife drew, Army Hammer and Army's brother Victor to the Cayman Islands before returning to California around a decade later to a series of scandals. So you know Cayman Islands are where you basically like funnel money through tax it's, haven. It's like is it? offshore accounts, all of that kind yeah. of stuff. Money is going through the Cayman Islands like crazy. So that's why dude moved there, I would imagine. Obviously I have no evidence. That's why he moved to the Caymans. I mean he might have just thought it was nice. 
and hot and sunny, but yeah. I doubt that. Michael had also inherited Knoedler Gallery. Now, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. It's spelled K-N-O-E-D-L-E-R. I'm going to call it Knoedler. It's very famous. Or it was. (laughs) It's a commercial art gallery in New York City that was founded in 1846, one of the most revered galleries in New York City. But it collapsed in 2011 after an FBI investigation uncovered that between 1994 and 2009... Paintings attributed to abstract expressionist masters like Pollock, Rothko, Willem de Kooning were sold by the gallery to buyers for millions of dollars when they were actually fakes. No. (gasps) Outrageous. I know. In total, Knoedler was accused of selling 63 forged paintings. This case was ultimately settled, but during the trial, a former Knoedler accountant testified that Michael Hammer had used the gallery's credit card to fund his personal lifestyle. Well, yeah. I mean, dude's got enough money. Who cares? Is it a big deal? Well, yeah, Michael, know. they're trying to illustrate what a, what a kind of a guy Michael was. He's also mm. chairman at the Arm & Hammer Foundation and is said to have the mindset of a teenage boy. And he keeps a sex throne, or as he allegedly calls it, a naughty chair. And it's located in a warehouse... <laughs> where two people claim only two people claim this they claim that michael lived in this warehouse for several years after his divorce to army's mum the structure the the naughty chair is about seven feet high features a chair with a hole in the seat a cage underneath and a hook oh the hammer coat of arms which is the same one that for years adorned the exterior of the headquarters is painted on the seat Oh, Jesus Christ. And there's a photo somewhere of Michael sitting on the throne, smiling while holding the head of a blonde woman attached to her body, who is sitting in the cage and also smiling. At least she's smiling. She's happy. She's happy she's there. (laughs) So let's go back to Army Hammer. That's just a little painting, a little little description, illustration of his family life. Where he's come come from. from. Yeah. His lineage. Now we've got Army Hammer who's arrived in Hollywood in, and he was in 2010's The Social Network, but no one paid much mind to his backstory. Can I just ask, is he good looking? I cannot picture him. He's that kind of blonde Hollywood chiseled jaw kind of good looking, I'd say. So handsome not my in type. a conventional way. Yes. No, not my type. Okay, but basically he went to Hollywood, no one gave a shit that he was from big no. old money. Just come on in. And... Buy your way in or whatever. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that because that's not Mm. not necessarily true. The year after, Army appeared as the Winklevoss twins in The Social Network. Did you see that film? I didn't. No, I didn't. He then appeared with Leonardo DiCaprio in Clint Eastwood's J. Edgar and a rom-com with Julia Roberts called Mirror Mirror, an action epic called The Lone Ranger with also very popular at the moment Johnny Depp and, (laughs) and the 2015 caper film The Man from uncle alongside henry cavill okay so he's had a career he's had a career and then came his dark side on this secret instagram feed which is attributed to him and it's called at l underscore destructo underscore 86 i don't think it's still there don't go looking for it i wouldn't go looking for it anyway because it's pretty nasty there's a photo of him taking a drug test captioned all negative bitches my body is a finely tuned toxic Hang on. <laughs> I'll do it again because that's an, that's an unfortunate um, accent. Makes him sound horrible and he might not be horrible. All negative bitches. My body is a finely tuned toxicant processing unit. To be fair, I had THC and benzos in my piss. 
But who doesn't? Oh, me, for a start. Oh, and me. That's a benzo. <laughs> Another photo showed a mannequin tied up with the caption, if quarantine doesn't start moving more quickly, I'm going to fuck this thing. Sorry, mum. Oh. Sorry to Army's mum as well. In an interview with Elle magazine, he recalled a violent altercation with a homeless man. And he said that his wife says, he says, my wife says I have a frontal lobe issue. Your frontal lobe controls your danger response. Like, whoa, I shouldn't be doing this. So basically, were they saying that he beat up a homeless person? Yeah. Fucking hell. And his wife's like writing it off as a frontal lobe issue. Then in an interview with Details, he recounted the story of a wild bachelor party that went on for days and ended with an epic bonfire, a giant tequila bottle full of gasoline and a machine gun. So he's happily telling all the magazines this. He then told Playboy how being married had changed him he says i used to like being a dominant lover i liked the grabbing of the neck and the hair and all that then you get married and your sexual appetites change you can't really pull your wife's hair it gets to a point where you say i respect you too much to do these things that i want to do oh man Mm. this guy is not my cup of tea these are his words at this point by the way they they can't Mm. be attributed to anybody else because they're all from magazines verbatim after the playboy interview army must have had an earful from the missus because he went on to express regret explaining that he had learned the hard way not to drink during interviews (laughs) but (laughs) it's a truth serum army it's a truth serum (laughs) in vino veritas army but for a 2019 british gq profile army and the writer drank so many martinis that the writer black out so he didn't learn his lesson (sighs) he likes to party his social media suggested that he was fond of bondage which i'm not kink shaming here michelle some people like that and that's fine and he has spoken profusely about his love of knots to playboy calling it a man's version of knitting i like knots but not in that way well he challenged a talk show host Stephen Colbert. Do you know him? Colbert isn't it is it Stephen Stefan Colbert i think it's steve well i think it's Colbert. Well, I don't know him, so let's call him Colbert. So Americans need to get in touch with us about that. Stephen Colbert to a knot tying (laughs) contest (laughs) on the late show (laughs) and told InStyle magazine, I've never admitted this before. He does a lot of this, by the way, never admitting things before and then he spills the beans. I've never admitted this before. Sometimes I carry a rope to practice knots (laughs) and tie up women. Mm -hmm. Woo! Years ago, he introduced his wife, Elizabeth, to shibari, the Japanese erotic art form, which is like bondage, but nicer, in which people are tied up in intricate patterns. It looks uncomfortable, but not savagely so. There's something quite kind of erotic, but not kind of violent about it. But they are like really tied up awkwardly. But it's more about the aesthetics of it, perhaps. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. So Elizabeth tried to be supportive of the new hobby and even suggested Army publish a book calling it why not? With a K. <laughs> oh, what a car joining she in. is. She's joining in the fun. Army bought mannequins to practice on, I suppose because his wife was reluctant. And the couple... Well, I guess that's the one he was going to fuck during lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> so I said before that the couple had two children, a son and a daughter. The daughter was born first in 2014. The son was born in 2017. And the friend close to Elizabeth says that Army confessed to being unfaithful shortly after his son's birth, but claimed it was a one-off. But years later, the friend says Elizabeth found evidence of an affair Army was having with a co-star. So to try and save the relationship, the family went into therapy. 
Then the pandemic happened and Army decided he couldn't take it and fled to the Cayman Islands where he'd grown up. With the dummy. With his dummy. I don't know who he's with, actually. (laughs) This put even more strain on the relationship. So I suppose she must have been back in America while he was in the Caymans. And then when his plane landed on his way back to the US, he mistakenly sent a really racy text message meant for someone else to his wife, (gasps) who then filed for divorce. Busted. Busted, mate. So he says that himself that he enjoys the party lifestyle and now he's off the leash. He went for it. Went nuts. Friends made a comparison between him and his father, who, if you remember, mm-hmm. people said he acted like a teenage boy, even as a middle-aged man. Because mm-hmm. when Michael split from Army's mother, it's alleged that there were plenty of wine, women and song, plus drugs and tattoos, allegedly. And I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that the hammers aren't the same as the Arm & Hammer baking soda brand, but... Armand did actually invest in the company, the Armand Hammer Company, after his attempt to buy it was rejected. So the the tattoo that Michael chose was the logo of Armand Hammer, which... Which is the big strongman dude, isn't it? Yeah, the strongman dude. And it says, the standard of purity. And his friends say he's anything but, because he's got a sex throne. And he also used to text pornographic (laughs) images of himself up to no good to all his friends. Again, this is very succession. Isn't it? Except when they're texting the dick pic. This could be about him. So back to Army. His ex of five months post-split from Elizabeth in 2020 was a model called Courtney Vuchevkovic. I don't know how to pronounce it. Vuchevkovic. And this is where the tabloids go wild, Michelle, because she said that being with him was like dating Hannibal Lecter and that he likes the idea of skin in his teeth and also alleges that he was emotionally abusive, saying things like he wanted to break a rib and barbecue and eat it and I want to take a bite out of you. So she thought this was unusual and creepy, but thought nothing more of it at the time. But she went on to say she felt groomed in preparation for how things got darker in the relationship. And then eventually he did some things with her that she wasn't comfortable with, but somehow he convinced her that it was okay. And that he frog in the fry pan. Frog in the fry pan. He put her in some really dangerous situations where she was really not okay, and that he was drinking heavily when she wasn't in that zone, and she became scared and uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not kink shaming at all, and it does sound quite salacious this Hollywood story. It has to be, I suppose, for it to make the headlines. But when does a perfectly acceptable sexual fetish become a violation? I suppose when the partner you're with doesn't feel up to it. When they're saying the safe word and, and you're ignoring yeah. it. And that's what happened know? to Courtney, she says. Then there's another one, Paige Lorenz. She spoke to the press. She dated Army for a, a few months in 2021. And she said during that time, shades of Keith Ranieri, he carved his initials on the skin above her pubic bone with a knife, which is still visible <sighs> a year later. She said it was oh extremely painful and traumatising. And she said he bragged about it to his friends and even shared private photos of her online without her permission. Okay, this guy, what a fucking creep. If all this is true, this is If it's true. Any number of these women could be Lady Effie or whatever. Effie, exactly. Another distressing conversation, which I suppose at the time would have been pillow talk, they had was when Army earnestly told her that he was going to get a doctor to remove her bottom ribs so that he could eat them. She said... He was telling me you can remove the bottom ribs so he could smoke them, cook them and eat them. He kept saying, you don't need them. (laughs) (laughs) You just don't need it. And while you're there, I'm just going to slice off a tit because you only need one. You only need one. Nice and juicy. (laughs) Jesus. She goes on to say that these conversations left her and me, Michelle, feeling anxious and confused, even though she laughed it off in the moment. 
She said that when they met, Army immediately disclosed a lot of very dark and private family information, which she felt was too much too soon. And she didn't understand why he was divulging all this sordid information so freely and readily. Apparently, Mm. he told her his grandfather, Julian, was a very scary person who held crazy sex parties with guns. But Paige got the impression... That Army thought it was really cool. I'm with Paige. I think he was bragging. bragging. So Army's Instagram feed got him into so much trouble, Michelle, especially after posting things like, divorce is no fun, not as much fun as drugs, but what is? Then he went on, he had to issue an apology to the Cayman Islands Miss Universe organisation after a video of a woman taken from behind in black lace lingerie kneeling on all fours was captioned with, Well, my ex, for a very good reason, wife, is refusing to come back to America with my children, so I have to go back to Cayman, which sucks, except there are a few silver linings, like fucking Miss Cayman again while I'm down there. So after that little thing he posted, he had to write an apology to the island's newspaper about the post that read... I would like to clarify that the person in my video which was stolen from my private Instagram is not Miss Cayman. I am genuinely sorry for any confusion my foolish attempt at humour may have caused. I'm sorry, he posted it. How was it stolen? (laughs) That is absolutely ridiculous. This guy, he basically, tell me he hasn't been in another film since. Like, no one's going to touch this guy. He was in something... He was filming Death on the Nile when all this came out and he had to stay in the film because it was post. You know, they couldn't remove him post-production. Fuck, you know. But it, there's other things like... Liability. He's a liability. He is. There's photos of huge chunks of raw meat, a pig's head, a huge knife <laughs> with a hashtag, give me something to carve. So then we're back to oh March of this God. year, 2022, and accusations of rape by a woman named Effie. Back to the house of Effie. They, oh. they don't necessarily say that Effie is the same as the person behind the Instagram account. But there is a woman. She's real. Her name is Effie. She said that she was raped in 2017 when she was 20 years old by Army Hammer. Trigger warning, this does involve sexual assault and rape. Her attorney was Gloria Allred, who is well known for taking high profile cases and campaigns for women's rights. She held a press conference via Zoom in which Effie spoke openly to journalists about the alleged assault and other violent acts she endured. And I won't repeat it here. But she detailed a violent four hour long rape, which she endured that left her with head injuries and included photos of the injuries. Oh, my God. She said that they dated on and off for four years while the actor was married. And her attorney, Gloria Allred, said they're not filing a lawsuit, but they wanted LAPD to investigate the claims. They assume it's the same lady behind the Instagram account, but it's not been confirmed. So apparently authorities have started a sexual assault investigation, which is still ongoing. And after this press conference... Hammer has an attorney who denied the allegations, saying that Effie's own correspondence with him undermines her allegations because she, even as recently as 2020, was sending lurid texts detailing what she wanted to him to do to her, which was all quite saucy. And mm. uh, that was their response. They go on to say that her attention-seeking and ill-advised legal bid will only make it more difficult for real victims of sexual violence to get the justice they deserve. So let's just see where it goes from there. I guess it's watch this space for Army Hammer because he reportedly went in and out of rehab. And of course, then there was the time he spent working on his friend's construction site. And he was a suspect briefly in these Wonder Valley murders, which I started talking about at the beginning. I think basically those murders, they weren't murders. They were just people getting lost in the middle of the of the valley. Ew. Well, that's, that's one, one for the bin. 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 
this week I too am looking at um, Hollywood, but I was really going a bit lighter. I'm looking Good. more at um, misdemeanors rather than crimes. I'm glad. And they're ones that we all know about, but I just wanted to like go over a few of them. Let's lighten the load. Well, do you remember when you and I were talking about the whole Johnny Depp Amber Heard media circus, which he won? Yes, he won. And we were talking about how loads of his exes have all come forward to say what a lovely man he is. Yes. And you were telling me about Kate Moss and you did her voice and everything, taking the stand. We didn't do that on the podcast though, did we? No, we were just having a personal th- right, chat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One that wasn't recorded. Yeah, a real yeah. conversation. We were talking about how Kate Moss, Vanessa Paradis, Winona Ryder all came forth and said... And Ellen Barkin. He was, he was going out with her way back. Yeah, but she did not have good things to say about him. Did she not? No. She said he was controlling and <gasps> manipulative and... Uh, yeah, it wasn't flattering. She said, I can't testify as to what happened in that marriage, but when I was with him, he was not a good guy. So um. not all his exes, but loads of them have... So this got me thinking about, and I think maybe even we talked in that same conversation about the time Winona got caught nicking stuff. Oh, no, we didn't talk about that. But yes, I do remember. I bet she loves it when people bring that up. Well, I'm bringing it up. Because she didn't work again for a really long time. I know. Now she's all over Stranger Things and everyone loves her again. Back in 2001, when Winona was like, Rich, she'd had loads of success with Girl Interrupted, which had come out a couple of years earlier. Oh, yeah. And that was big for her, actually. Mm. I mean, she'd been in loads of stuff, but that was the one that really people sort of took her a bit seriously because she was all unhinged and whatever. Like I said, she was busted for trying to nick nearly five and a half thousand bucks worth of clothes and other bits from Saks Fifth Avenue in Los Angeles. And it is a fancy department store in Beverly Hills. There was a lot of negotiation to try and get the charge reduced to something other than grand theft, but it's five and a half grand. You know, it's not just nicking a lipstick from Kmart. It's serious. So the whole thing went to court and she was eventually charged with grand theft. After that, she was eventually convicted of it as well. And then she was also convicted of shoplifting and vandalism. I actually don't know where what she did to get that vandalism charge. Ripped the tags off, perhaps? Maybe. The security tags and tore the clothes? Yeah, could be. It doesn't really go into what the vandalism charge was connected to. But she eventually was acquitted of the burglary charge. And in December 2002, she was sentenced to three years of probation, 480 hours of community service, and she was ordered to pay 3,700 in fines fuck all, and $6,355 to Saks Fifth Avenue. Plus, the court ordered her to attend drug counselling and also like psychological counselling. And what's interesting here is when they picked her up in Saks, they found oxycodone, diazepam and vicodin in her bag. She's she's travelling with it. She's walking around with it, shopping. Amazing. So I think she was probably just fucked and I'm not sure if we talked about oxy before on the podcast I think we did maybe but it's a really fucking scary drug and people you know are taking it because it's prescribed all the time to people for back pain and whatever but it's really terrifying in terms of the effect it has on people because 
yes, it's a prescription painkiller. It's legalized heroin, isn't it? Yeah, it's an opioid. Yeah, there's a lot about it at the moment. The Sackler family. Yeah, exactly. It's so incredibly addictive. And people fucking love it because they take it because they are flying. You know, they don't feel any pain at all. So it's like this miracle pill they're popping. They're like, woo, I'm able now to do things I haven't been able to do in years because, you know, it just makes your body feel so incredible. But then it stops working so well and then they dose up and dose up and dose up. And because it's basically heroin – People get addicted to it. Mm -hmm. People go crazy for their next hit. I don't know if you remember, but in the 90s and 2000s in America, drugstore raids were like happening like crazy all over the States. And they weren't stealing anything except Oxy. That's all that was getting stolen. So it's, it's a massive problem in the USA. Everyone got hooked, you know, old people, young people, whatever. You know, the fact that, Oxy was in her bag when she was caught shoplifting, I think is really telling of her mental state. Mm. And who even knows? Maybe she was like off her face on Oxy at the time. But all that said, she did do her community service hours and paid all the fines that she was meant to pay. Then in June 2004, a superior court judge looked at her probation report and reduced her felonies down to misdemeanors. But she still had to be on probation until December 2005. She did all that without any trouble. When you actually read more into what happened to her, she says she was clinically depressed at the time and that she had a dodgy Hollywood doctor who was later struck off the medical Uh, register because he was basically like... Dosing her up. Yeah, and loads of other people in Hollywood just dosing them all up on prescription drugs. So, yeah, highly qualified drug dealer. She was kind of fucked. And then in 2016, she did an interview with Porter Magazine, which was the Netta Porter printed magazine. I worked for the online one. I didn't work for Porter. Okay. But it was a great mag. Her quote was, psychologically, I must have been at a place where I just wanted to stop. And she says, I won't get into what happened but it wasn't what people think. Then she doesn't go on to say what it was. Do you think she's just saying that she was trying to self-sabotage? Yeah, pretty much. That her life was sort of going crazy Mm. and her body just and her brain were in a place where they were just telling her to stop and take a breath. Uh. So that's what she did. And, And that's the story of Winona. And like you said, you know, she basically had no career for quite some time, but then... She got that role on Stranger Things and her life's fine again, I would say. Yeah. And now I'm going to move on. To the big one. To someone we love. Ben Mendelsohn. It's not. It's not. Well, I'm so sorry to burst your bubble. This is not about Ben. Okay. No. But it is about another Australian and everyone remembers this. Mel Gibson. Getting arrested and saying some awful things about Jewish people. Oh, dear. Yes. So I looked into this because we always talk about bloody Mel Gibson. Mel. So it is one of those things that is in the collective consciousness, but I just had to refresh it. Go back to 2006, 28th of July. TMZ, and I do have to say, what well, TMZ is all over all this kind of weird shit. Yeah. They break all these weird stories. But they did break the story of Mel Gibson getting pulled over by a Malibu cop for speeding. Yeah. DUI. There was 
a sheriff's official who confirmed that he had a blood alcohol level of 0.12 and the legal limit in California is 0.8. And I think Australia is 0.5. If you're under 05 or under arrest, or it was in the 80s. Do you know what? I cannot believe that you brought that up because I remember that public health song. <laughs> it was bloody catchy. Blow in the bag, please, sir. <laughs> Pull over. <laughs> Pull over, please, ma'am. Blow in the bag, please, sir. This driving offence turned into a massive media circus, which kind of ended his career a bit when, yeah. you know, because he basically lost his shit. That's what everyone remembers. And he went on this huge anti-Semitic tirade at the cops. God. And to the cops' credit, they actually tried to keep this kind of shitty outburst under wraps uh-huh. um, by creating a fake report. But the fake report got leaked anyway. And when it did, it went global, as, mm. as we all know. Yeah. So I looked into what he actually said. Can we repeat it here? Oh, come on. We say fucking see you next Tuesday all the time, Jordan. No, we I'm just wondering anything. about if it's offensive. Oh, it's completely offensive. So, trigger warning to any anyone out there who might be offended by an anti-Semitic rant by Mel Gibson. What he actually says to another person, which I'll get into, is is most shocking of all. But, you know, he was swearing his head off when he got pulled over and he was saying, my life is fucked, my life is fucked, over and over again. If it wasn't fucked before, it definitely was after this story because... The world could not get enough of it. And then the cops started to panic because they thought he was going to get violent. Oh. And and they were going to have to cuff him. But he's like, no, 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 don't cuff me. I'm going to cooperate. Except he made a run for it back to his car when they didn't cuff him. <laughs> and they had to, like, grab him and, like, throw him into the police car. And when they finally got him in the, the police car, he started to lose it in the car, apparently banging himself against the seat, yelling, mm. you motherfucker, I'm going to fuck you. And he apparently um, threatened the deputy in that was in the car, saying that he owns Malibu and oh. that he's going to spend all his money to get even with him. Oh my God. And then he starts launching into the anti-Semitic shit where he says, fucking Jews, the Jews are responsible for all the wars in the world. Oh my God. And then he says to the deputy, are you a Jew? Oh, my God. then the deputy is, like, radioing ahead, like, asking for assistance for when they get to the station. So, they've got the video cam ready. So, all this shit is documented. And then he started freaking out at the sergeant saying, you know, what the fuck do you think you're doing with video cam? And then he turned to a female officer and said, what do you think you're looking at, sugar tea? (laughs) 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 To be fair, it could have been more offensive, but... It's still well, very demeaning, sugar tits, it is honestly. sugar tits, I know. Then he almost pissed all over the floor of his cell. Oh. He tried to smash the police phone when he was allowed to make a, a, his one call. Oh, and he Mel. was refusing to sign any paperwork. So, complete nightmare. Like I said, the police wrote an initial port, report with all the shit that he did. And then they wrote a fake report. When all of this came to light, he said in a statement, and these are his words... After drinking alcohol on Thursday night, I did a number of things that were very wrong and for which I am ashamed. I drove a car when I should not have and was stopped by the LA County Sheriff's. The arresting officer was just doing his job and I feel fortunate that I was apprehended before I caused injury to any (laughs) other person. I actually think he had a speechwriter write this. Anyway, he said, I acted like a person completely out of control when I was arrested and said things that 
I do not believe to be true and which are despicable. I'm deeply ashamed of everything I said. So after he made that statement and all of this like just went ballistic in the media, Winona Ryder, who we were just talking about, came out saying that he once asked her, and this is what's offensive, I think, if she was an oven dodger. What's that mean? What do you think it means? Oh, shit. Oh, my yeah. God. I was thinking chickens for some reason. I don't know why. Or what? maybe babies. I thought just like incubation. Yes, I don't know what I... Oh, no, that's horrifying. Horrifying. Really shocking. And I'm not spilling that out because if you don't know what the inference of an oven dodger is, go to the internet. Horrible. That's really no. upset me. And she said this happened at a party in 1995. And these are her words. We were at a crowded party with one of my good friends and Mel Gibson was smoking a cigar. And then she says the Jewish faith came up and Mel says to her, you're not an oven dodger, are you? And then she said at the same party, Mel asked her friend who is gay, oh, wait, am I going to get AIDS? Oh, my God. Like homophobic, fucking anti-Semitic. Oh, my God. But then... You can see where it comes from because just like you went back in time in history about Army, shit came out about his dad because apparently his dad... Sale of the Century winner. And he won Sale of the Century. He won the lot. Well, he's an incredibly smart man. An author as well. He's an American, by the way. He's American born and moved to Australia. Yes. So his dad's called Hutton Gibson and he told the New York Times in 2003 that the Holocaust was fake. And he said, and these are his words, go and ask an undertaker or the guy who operates the crematorium what it takes to get rid of a dead body. He said, it takes one litre of petrol and 20 minutes. Now, six million, question mark. That is what he is quoted as saying. Fuck off. You can see where that attitude comes from in the family. And then... But this is funny. In 2016, when, I don't know if you remember, but Ricky Gervais was hosting the Golden Globes. He, like Mel Gibson got up. So I guess he'd sort of been forgiven a bit by this point. He gets up and he does one of those things where, you know, he gives an award. You know, he didn't receive one. He's sort of presenting. They do those little speech things. And Ricky goes up and interrupts him. And he's like, Mel, what does sugar tits mean? (laughs) 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 And Mel's like, I never said it. And he's gone online saying, I may have said all the other stuff, but he reckons he never said sugar tits. Quite frankly, right. I would be saying, yes, I said sugar tits and none of the other and stuff. And nothing else. But Exactly. Yeah, so there you have it. They're my celebrity misdemeanors. Oh, amazing. Thanks, Michelle. Well, that's lightened the load, except for the dark stuff about what Mel Gibson said. I, I didn't like that. But yeah, anti-Semitic stuff. Whatever you think about anything, you can't deny something that absolutely, definitely happened mm, I in know. World War Two. Wonderful. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much for that trip down Hollywood lane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I guess we've come to the end of our show. I think we have. And it leaves us with nothing more to do but to remind people that wherever you are, whatever you do, just, just keep... keep Eavesdropping. 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 Eaves